Hi, this is Pete Munoz, the drummer of Dallas's own Thunder Road, a tribute to Bruce Springsteen. And when I'm not playing Bruce's music, I'm listening to my good friend Jesse Jackson on Set Lusting Bruce. Welcome to a new episode of Set Lessing Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I'm your host, Jesse Jackson, and today's episode is a behind-the-scenes look at Dallas's own Thunder Road. You know, there is a lot of Bruce Springsteen cover bands and tribute bands up in the East Coast, but Dallas has one itself, and I've been lucky enough to hear the guys perform uh, several times. And um, Pete, the drummer, has um, been asking me to go to a rehearsal, and our schedule worked out, so I attended a rehearsal on Wednesday night. They did a gig on Friday night, and this is a after the guys rehearsed about an hour and a half, uh, we sat down, I turned on the recorder, kind of in the middle of one story, and the guys just talked for an hour, and um, I think it's interesting to hear them talk about their music, how much they love Bruce, how much they like performing together. Uh, we talk about songs they don't particularly enjoy playing, uh, songs they feel like they must play, and songs that they love playing, and we also get into songs they want to add. So um, the band is made up of Rich Ellis. He plays lead vocals and guitars. Um, he's the Bruce, eh, not really look-alike, but he is um, a very um, good Bruce-style uh, lead singer. Bob Ewing plays bass. John Munez plays saxophone, backing vocals, and percussions. Uh, Joe is kind of the founder of the band. Mark Ewing plays lead guitar and backing vocals. Bob Chamberlain plays keyboards. Ron Logan was not 
at the rehearsal, um, but he plays piano and backing vocals. And Pete Munez uh, is the drummer, and uh, Joe and Pete are brothers. And they kind of talk about the band, talks about their origin story and what they're trying to accomplish. So I hope you enjoy it. Uh, thanks a lot. Somebody who really, really does care about the fan experience, because at that point, you figure, I've hired all these professionals, they know what they're doing, you know, I shouldn't have to, I should just be able to show up at 7 o'clock, drop the guitar on and go. And he still, even at that point in his career, would go and sit, and he would go around the uh, arena yeah. while they're sound checking to make yeah. sure every fan was going to get a good mix. I had uh, Dan French cool. from UK, he did one of the first uh, European fanzines, and he talked about a great story about him hitchhiking from England to Germany to see his first show, it was a river show, and he and it's a long story, I won't share it, but he ends up getting in during the sound check, because his friend he was meeting was a very pretty girl, and she met Clarence, and they kind of bonded. And he says, so he and his friend are there, and he says, we heard the E Street Band do the instrumental version of Hungry Heart a dozen times because Bruce is in the stands. Walking around. You know, making sure everything sounds good. Mm -hmm. He didn't need to at that point, is the point. He could have done that in the early days when he's trying yeah. to make a name for himself and he worries about the fan experience. Usually that... You know, you usually think you've got enough good guys after you get to that point that you can trust them to do it. Yeah. No, he would not take it for granted. He himself would still go back out. And yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm paying you a lot of money around my life for a house sound, but I want to make sure that it's right. He didn't need to do that, and yet he did it anyway. Yeah, I think that's amazing. And, you know, he also, you know, at 67, why are you doing four-hour shows? You've why? got nothing left to prove. And why, are you, just, why are you still back out on tour? You yeah. know what I'm saying? I mean, most most people, I mean, you need a few, but not ones of his magnitude. Why do you need to continue to go out and tour on a regular basis? Yeah. Not once every five years am I going to drag my ass around the yeah. world. Every every two years he drags himself around. You know? you know, and it's fascinating to think about, you know, I've talked to a couple people that are connected to connected to people, and, you know, they said this river tour truly was not supposed to happen. They were going to do a couple of shows to promote the box set, and then they just decided it was too much fun, and they just kept adding sets and sets and shows and shows and shows. And so it's crazy. Yeah, that's the other thing. Um, by the way, that was uh, um, Eddie Money made that joke on the movie last night. You know, Hager's like, I'm so glad you came out to sing. He said, I got five kids. Any excuse to get out of the house and get in. I think it's that, and I think it's, it's something else we've learned. Not just Springsteen, but other guys like Elvis Costello and so forth. When you ask them, they're either always on tour or they're always producing somebody's record. They're always yeah. playing on somebody's record. And they've said the same thing. This is what we do. Yeah. Right. We're musicians. Yes. This isn't about the money anymore. Right. This is about this is what we actually do. We produce records. We people ask us to sit in on their on their sessions, people and we yeah. do it gladly because this is what musicians do. Yeah. This is what keeps us going. Yeah, we play. That's, that's, what, that, we that's what it is. You know? But in Bruce's case, especially after reading the book Yeah. He has a reason yeah. for That's because he's still tired of his internal depression. Yeah. He says the only time he feels complete. Yeah. He's out on the road. Idle time with him. 
It's not a good thing. And he probably just doesn't New York. Dreads? Oh yeah. Going home? Why do you think he's doing I'm we're gonna I'm gonna go see him on the thirteenth of January on Broadway. Oh well I got a ticket for the twenty fifth. Oh wow. Yeah. So a, a kind of a minor miracle. And uh, you know, I, yeah, but you're lucky bastards. Barbie's yeah. been trying forever now. To get yeah, and I, I ended well, you know, they're coming out with another run, right? And so, um, you know, I asked Linda. I said, okay, you know, someone has reached out to me, and they have one ticket. You know, but it's a lot of money. And she said, um, if you can make it work, we'll make it work. Because I do think it's going to be something unique. But that's. A lot of the reasons why is he doing this? Yeah. Is he full of shit? The downtime? The yeah. daddy's probably full of shit? Yeah, the visitor. Who was it? Yeah, was it 2013? Yeah. 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 And he wouldn't get up. He, he uh, literally, he said, I couldn't get out of bed. Uh, I didn't want to see anybody. Well, the senator could explain his intoxication. He could explain his intoxication. I don't know if he even told you or not. Maybe he told you before. The reason this whole project came together. I was going through a pretty significant depression myself in the late like 2008 to 2010 and one of the lines that got me through it was a line in uh, Thunder Road which is you know you can hide beneath your covers you can study your pain throw rubbers and waiting for a savior to rise from these streets and I swear to God that song almost single-handedly saved my life listening to it at that moment in my life because I was doing that. I was not getting up out of bed. I was staying in bed. Life was just so I didn't know what to do and all that. And I thought, yeah, you can lie and need your covers and study your pain. It's exactly what I was doing. And it doesn't help anything. You need to move on. So yeah. that was just coincidental. Then we all got together for this thing called the uh, Newman. We're all a bunch of Newman Smith, most of us, uh, band alumni. We all went to okay. s school here in, in Newman Smith. And we had this thing where we played a uh, like a party up here and had a bunch of the, the, the graduating class from New York come. We had like 200 people up here. It was wild, up in his room. Yeah, the floor, wow. the floor and, was, was going to buckle. And one of the yeah. songs we played was Glory Days, and Rich was singing lead, because everybody was trading on instruments and all that. And I said, man, this guy sounds like Bruce Springsteen. I think we, yeah. So I went ahead and I started going around and saying, I asked Rich if he wouldn't mind trying it, and I, Bob's just an excellent bass player for this kind of music, and... Pete, and then we got Mark in the band, and Bob came in, and it's just, it came, but it came from that moment, that That's interesting. whole thing that about... reunion jam, uh, just... I think I knew at the time three Bruce Springsteen songs, and yeah. they were probably all born, I think I knew Thunder Road, Born in the USA, and maybe one other. I don't forget, we sat down to play the first song, the first song we played was I'm Going Down, and Pete looked around and said, oh, this is going to work, and we launched it. <laughs> I was like, well, well, the thing was, I remember, because I remember asking... Paul, the owner of Tolbert's, I said, okay. Um, but I remember, you know, emailing Paul and saying, okay, Paul, Joe's trying to start a Bruce Springsteen for me. Is there any, I mean, I'm not asking, do you think there's any real demand for this? I mean, yeah. you, would not, you would know because, you know, Tolbert's is, is the premier place for tributes. Yeah. Because, Pete, I've been saying for years that what Dallas lacks is a quality Bruce Springsteen tribute. Because if, if, if you're going to be involved in it, you and Joe, I know the quality of your musicianship. Just tell me now and I'll set a date. You just tell me when you want to play. So I said, okay. So I honestly didn't think it would work. I, again, I think I knew three Bruce Springsteen songs. But it's funny because as, as time went on and I started listening more to the album, I was like, you know, these, these are some really beautifully crafted songs. I mean, you, you just can't 
help but be impressed. You know, now it's like was, now, now, now I'm past the albums and I'm into the into the you know how, how deep can we get into these tracks and these cuts? And I'm trying to I'm trying to get these guys to play like uh, uh, I want to be with you and you know let's play the rare shit. Let's play. <laughs> Well, hey, yeah. Been yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> let's play the rare shit. You, well, know. Um, you just hear the. My brother-in-law made me laugh. He said, um, "Are you calling the Pope?" I'm like, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, you have to have two miracles to be a saint." I'm like, "Okay." He said, "Well, you had the podcast where the the parents talked about their premature daughter. That I mean, she was born a." Like one day away from the shortest period you can have, and still be uh, and still be viable. And he, you know, the story he read nothing but Harry Potter to her, and played almost nothing but Bruce Springsteen music. And she's now like a seven or eight year old girl. And when she was at the book signing, you know, afterwards they said, "Did it bother you? Didn't get to talk to?" You know Bruce very long, and she goes, "Well, he knows me. He wrote me all those songs." <laughs> she goes, "So okay, that's miracle number one. Mm-hmm. He took a girl and restored her life." I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay." Mm-hmm. He said, "Then your other podcast was this guy from um, New Zealand, and his mom was hit in a car accident while he was in the womb, and he born with severe brain trauma." And she says he's like three, four years old and doesn't speak. And she was in the car frustrated, and she was playing a Bruce Springsteen song, and his he head started nodding. Mm-hmm. And so she went back to the house and found every Bruce Springsteen song she could play, and he was enthralled. And slowly but surely, by listening to Springsteen's lyrics and words, he learned to talk. He learned to, that wow. was his sight words Ooh. were lyrics. And, you know, I asked her, I said, do you believe he was happy before and she goes as a parent I think he was but I don't think she goes I want to hope he was but I don't think he was I I said so Bruce not only literally gave your son a voice but he brought happiness into his life and she goes yes so I run the law okay so he cured the mute so so that's two miracles I say we call the Pope and get him insane get the canonization going yeah exactly yeah exactly uh, that's hilarious. Well, it's hard to be a saint in the city, you know. That's yeah, it is hard to be a saint in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you guys had all been in gig other bands or just... Uh, yeah, we, 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 no, we probably all of us have known each other for years. Joe and yeah. I did the REM tribute. I mean, Joe and I have been in a bunch of different bands. We're yeah. brothers. We've known Mark. We've known you know, Bob. We've known him for... We did a Blues Brothers tribute years ago. Uh, yeah. the, the Bruce Springsteen formula of the E Street Band, that's the magic in that, is that... None of them are actual, in my opinion, super virtuosos. Which I, maybe the exception of Roy on the piano and Nils, and Nils on guitar. Right. But they know how to play together yes. as one cohesive unit better than anybody out there. And for seven and a six piece backing him, you know, usually you can get two or three guys, you know, in a good combo like Cream or something like that, yeah. all complement. Maybe four, but to get that many musicians who are really good at what they play, and then understand their role in the band. And I don't know if that's if Bruce was telling that, or just intuitively they knew that. Or maybe the music calls for that to be the only way you can possibly play it. But the cohesiveness in the band, the tightness of it, is something that we in this group all know. You know, Pete's not the world's flashiest drummer, 
but he keeps to enforce super solid. He understands song structure. He knows the dynamics of when to be loud and when to be quiet. Yeah. Mark understands the nuances of his place. He's not his guitar. He's not always banging all through it. Right. Bob learns those parts note for note, which is to me, Gary Talent is the real secret of that band. Yes. Yes. And those bass yeah, parts absolutely. he plays are super critical. And Bob learns them note for note, Jesse. Yeah. Absolutely exactly the same way Gary plays them. Bob fills in on the pian- on the uh, organ, but he's not going too busy where it's covering up everything else. So it's just a... We happen thing. to have this, the right blend of musicians yeah. for that task of creating that E Street wall of sound, you know? Well... You know, you guys were there. Um, I, I know most of you were at, you know, the River Stop, and yeah. and you just watch that. These guys, I think, understand that the road in front of them is shorter than the road yeah. behind them. Yeah. There is right. only a finite yeah. amount of time I left. Think that's they're they're going to be play, and they just seem to be embracing it and enjoying well, it. Well, and you also, I'm sorry, yeah, in the book he talks about that when they came back together, there was a new sense of commitment and friendship and, and egos were less. And, and so I think they do know their place. Because you think about it, Neil's, you know, I always wondered why he never said, Niels is going to sing lead on this one, yeah. or you know, Gary. He can. Yeah, yeah. you're he, right. He's got a bunch of songs. Yeah, uh, Steve and everything. Yeah, because I mean that was a great show we yeah, went to, and I really liked Gary's um, break time. Yeah. You know, uh, release, but no, it's it is Bruce Springsteen, and it is you know, and they all back him up, and they all seem to enjoy it. So like do, you, it. do you think that's because Bruce? runs the organization in that fashion or do you think that's just a natural path that's taken by the musicians in response to the music I saw an interview with Steve one time somewhere in Europe and he said somehow they came up the subject Hard Day's Night came up and said well we all when we were kids went to go see Hard Day's Night we didn't know that you didn't really have to be best friends to be in a band Yeah. and he says so we were all really good friends in this band and says so that's part of it. Now, you know, lives change and all that, right. but but they were actually buddies. Yeah. You know, so and I think that makes a difference. Yeah. Well, of course it does. I mean, that's, they, that's why they, when you they when all know each other from when they all ate cornflakes every day. I mean, yeah. you know. Is so. it kind of interesting to you, Jesse, the um, when I read through the book, Sherry's actually read the book and now listening to the Bruce Springsteen, you know, uh, him reading it. Yeah. Him reading it. There was it was conspicuous by how little he talked about Steve mm-hmm. in the book. It was almost like, you know, you have this picture of those two being real, real super tight blood mm-hmm. brothers, almost like a Mick and Keith kind of yeah, scenario. Yeah. There was, I don't know if it was an oversight or if it was implied, where the relationship with them isn't as big and as tight as you would think. I mean, he, he gives them credit, he gives them due, but it's not like, he's my best buddy and we've never had a disagreement and blah, blah, blah. There's a certain amount of this. Well, Did you sense that or not, Jesse? Steve disagrees with that. <laughs> but, right. Yeah, but I, I think they were really tight around the time, but I think when Steve left, it, it, it was not... It never came again? Either. Well, it not, wasn't really a good reason that he left. He was fed up, I mean, at that point. Yeah, and you know... If you read the book, he talks about that Bruce says, you know, there were some egos, and we didn't realize then 
that he could have gone, done his stuff, and then come, come back. back. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. he's later learned that. I don't know. I I got the feeling that because he does talk about that, it sounds like sounds like Stephen was what Elvis needed. Someone yeah. who would just call him on his BS, yeah, no, and you know, and it sounds like Stephen does have that relationship with him. I know when um, during the last tour, and I don't remember what show. I guess it must have been at Madison Square Garden when Bruce's mom was dancing to Ramrod. Yeah, that was and New you York see York. it, mm -hmm. and you see Stephen laughing and pointing, mm -hmm. and my friend Allie said, "Think about it." Mama Springsteen kind of helped raise all of them because yeah, they yeah. were all that friends. Yeah, so yeah. they've known her that long. So I don't know. I don't know if it's because Clarence is past, but I sensed in the book he had a much more personal, close relationship in some weird way with Clarence yeah. <laughs> than he does with Steve. I mean, it's that's what I got from the book. Now I could be wrong. I'm just reading. No, he, 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 he was playing. He was like from school, right? Yeah, he knew Stephen from. And we didn't go to school together, but they, they I mean... They were teens. Yeah, in the yeah. teens that they got to be friends mm -hmm. and, yeah, work together. You just think there's something there below the surface that may not be... Right. Because you would think that, it, you know, it, it would be really, really, you know, Stephen well, Bruce-centered, but it Steve really isn't. kind of gone on his, on his own and has got his own thing. He's got yeah. an acting thing. He's got his own... You know, and now the band and all that. Yeah. But what I was going to say earlier is, is I, I think the shortening of time... Is why they're all out on tour now. Gary went on tour. Nils yeah. is going to be on tour soon. Max uh, is out on tour Max with, with Jukebox. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and Steve, obviously, we saw. Did yeah. you see Nils is coming here with um, yeah. the acoustic set mm -hmm. at the Kessler? Kessler. I yeah. think that'll be a good show. I think so too. Yeah. What, March? Right yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I would like to see that. Yeah, I yeah I did too. I wish Jake would come by. I, I think I liked yeah, his out touring, yeah you know, CD, and that'd be good. Yeah. So, go around the table, and um, what song are you tired of playing? Because I always think of this, I remember reading once, Carl Wilson was talking about, um, even though he doesn't sing lead on Help Me Rhonda, um, Al Jardine does, but Carl Wilson was talking about, I was so tired of playing Help Me Rhonda. I just was like, I'm just going to throw up if I have to sing it one more time. And then all of a sudden it clicked with him and he realized it was a fun show. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know, um, is there songs that you guys, that you go... Do we have to? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we can all agree on Born in the U.S.A. We probably talked about them already, but yeah. Uh, it's it's I don't to me, I get to play a lead. And, you know, yeah. I mean, so what do you think, Bob? Well, I don't react. But, but to me, like to people I react. think it's yeah, a necessary song to play every time. I mean, I just think... Which one? We're on the USA. Yeah, I, but I we're tired of it. What, I know. I yeah. mean, because we do it all the time. But the, the half, probably three quarters of the people we play in front of haven't heard us before. Yeah, they've never, they've they've never they seen us. And they may know Born in the USA is an album from him. Yeah. yeah. But they don't know all the other yeah. stuff. I mean, it's nice to skip it now and then, but I that's really the thing think. With the well, I mean, if, crowd, if, if you've seen yeah. certain artists more than several times, like Joe and I have seen, how many times have we seen Costello now? 13 or 14 times? Yeah. yeah. If that poor man has got to play Pump It Up one more time, yeah. or, or well, <laughs> but he has to play it every freaking well, show I mean, because just, it's perfect. Not always the fans that yeah. come. Yeah. Right. You know, so you say, you say, born in the USA? No, no, I'm not tired of it. But you're not tired yes, of it? No, I'm which, saying no. it's a necessary song. Which one do you, is, is you're tired of? You personally. Yeah, um, 
I guess. Oh, jeez, that's hard. I, I say I it. Enjoy it much. <laughs> Go ahead, um, man. Well, you're not going to hurt any feelings. Where I'm not, <laughs> yeah, where I'm not having to work too hard. <laughs> Maybe. Um, I'm going down, really. You're going down? And I guess to me, it's just boring as hell. Okay. But yeah. That's, that's just like. Pink Cadillac? Yeah. Because there's nothing to do. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't dislike the song particularly, but I mean, for me, there's nothing to do. There's that little bit. Jesse, it's great for you to come out. This is great for a little show. I always think of that because the other time, this is how old it was, Linda Ronstadt was on Johnny Carson. And she was talking about that. You know, I get tired of singing Blue Bayou. No. Or, you know, um, you know, you're no good. She goes, and I went to see Frank Sinatra for the first time. And I had this list of songs that I wanted him to sing. And she goes, as an audience member, I hit there and went, oh, okay. <laughs> yes, my fans want to hear these songs. Well, there's, there's an old story that I heard somewhere that was uh, Paul Simon was yeah. telling Bob Dylan, yeah. says, I'm sick and tired of playing the boxer. And, yeah. and Dylan said, if I come to see you, I want to hear the boxer. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's so. That's Dylan wants the boxer. Yeah. Dylan gets the boxer. Yeah. What about you? Song, which, which, like it, yeah. Boss, which one do you like playing? you got to suck it up. I mean, yeah, it, it is, it's about the audience, really. Yeah. Right. Bottom line. But what I mean, song? You could be, you know, 51%, 49%. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which one? Do you? Am I tired, tired of playing? Tired play of that, that if you could take out of the set list, you would. Because you're tired uh, of playing. I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of Ties That Bind. Ties That Bind? Okay. Interesting. I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, actually, it's got some cool stuff in it, but I think it's just the tie yi yi And it's kind of a taxing on my voice a little bit. I mean, but I mean, just, you know. Okay. This is so cool because I don't think anybody's ever said being this brutally honest before. Like, I know Bob doesn't like Radio Nowhere, but I love that song. Oh, I like the song. I just hate playing it. What about you, Bob? So what's one you... Cover your ears, Joe. Huh? Cover your ears, Joe. Go ahead. I'm glad you cleaned the carpet. That way you get in a fetal position after I say that. Whoa. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I don't particularly care for Trapped. Trapped? Okay. Uh, That is not one of my favorite songs either. Not really. And I don't like it because it's not one of his. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's not really. Now... uh, The senator from Texas also has a vote here for Ties and Bind as well. Interesting. I hate, I, it reminds me too much of that Duran Duran song. That, I, didn't, I didn't used to like and that, and now I do. The, you know, that yeah. wang, 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 I, like like oh, yeah. I didn't like it when we first were playing it, but now I like no. it. So. Pete? What's that? Well, I thought, okay, we, we can throw a bone in the ocean in the dumpster and never touch it again. Yeah. But I like it. I am so tired of that song. Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. yeah. Well, I never played that song again. I hate Dancing in the Dark. And as a band, we've never nailed that song yet. I don't think. Oh, nobody cares. Seven, seven, seven years, yeah. you can tell we don't. But you know it. they love it. Oh, you got yeah, it. The problem, you got to play it. We're always yeah. dancing in front of the stage when we yeah. play it. Always. Absolutely. Hate is so atypical um, of him, you know. So. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I, I I have a really good friend who was talking about Sam was like, you know, I. I'm just tired of him oh, doing Born to Run. I just <laughs> take Born to so Run out of it and give me a different song. He has to. And I said, but you have to remember. Every show Bruce does is someone's first show. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. if you go there and you don't hear him do Born to Run, you're going to be disappointed. There's a famous story of them. I once asking Joe DiMaggio, why does he play so hard every game? He goes, because there may be someone here who's never seen me play before. Yes. Yeah. 
And they bring out candies somewhere. Yeah. 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 I'm a I don't care. Oh, I don't like that one. But when that one ever gets in the cell. That one gets my energy. But yeah, I think that's pretty much I mean. Yeah, you know, it's um what song do you smile at though and yeah, every time you guys just yeah. love you just you know, you you're just so happy you get to play it. Jungle Land. I mean there's no really? question. For you? Yeah, Backstreets. Yeah. Gotta love yeah. Backstreets. I think Backstreet's the best album on that best song on that album. Yeah. yeah. I mean when you're talking about Born to Run, how many hits are there on that? Okay, so Jungle Land, uh, Backstreets is yours? Rich? Yes, uh, yeah. Your favorite one. The one that puts a smile on your face. Oh, I didn't know you guys do the promise. Is that in the set? We can, yeah. A little late now, but yeah. I'll tell you what, come on out. Are you coming out Friday? I am. Okay, I'll tell you what, maybe we'll sneak it into the set. Yeah, hell yeah. That'd be nice. Set it all back up. Again, play the weird shit. I've been trying to talk. I've got like a half a dozen weird songs. I'm like, yeah, we got to do this. We got. Hey, it was Mark's turn. So what do you say, Mark? Well, several of them I really do like, and so it's kind of hard to pick a favorite. You know, I like doing out in the street. That's always out in the street. You guys did a really good version of that. That was a lot of fun. Small sampling of the set. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, that's not everything. Yeah, right. We've got like 62 of really them. Yeah. yeah, think deep, think real. Well, I mean, too, my, my favorite to play of, of any of the songs that we play is Promised Land just because the bass part. Oh, right. Yeah. 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 That's part. a great song. Yeah, yeah. That, and that's probably more, uh, you know, more of a, rec- a reflection of what I would do as 
of the song if I wrote it. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't think of it, but yeah. Owls, yeah, because it's the, it's, it's, yeah. It's, it's song one of side two of the album. So like, yeah. Yeah. And it's the whole four corners. Yeah, and Alan is three two because of the bass part. And it's I, I like the thing at the end with the promise land. Yeah. I wish we had no, one we always nail it. I mean, that's the nail it. We can uh, count on that one no matter what how we're doing. We always nail Promised Land. Pete? Yeah. As far as what? Just song you like? Just oh, like Backstreet's. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just, yeah. I think that's the best song on Born to Run. I, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's, yeah. I remember when it came out, it was like, ooh, that's, 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 it. that's the it's one. To me, that was <laughs> yeah. it. I mean, when the other ones are good, but whoa. For me, it's right now, the one I like was Something in the Night. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, my God, that's just... Epic when it's epic. When that, we play that one, when it, yeah, when it happens, when it yeah. goes, when it goes well, it goes really yeah, well. It's very it that way. So, is it y'all's schedule why you don't play more often? It looks like you guys do <laughs> two, three times a year. Just well, no, well, no, no, we've matters. had, we've had, every, every we've had, we've had where yeah, we play eight or ten shows a year. It's about okay. six this year, just because of my moving. But okay. Uh, well, I'm hoping we'll play more next year. I, mean, I was very disappointed. It was yeah. my high school yeah. reunion when you guys played at Talbert's last, and I was like, damn it. <laughs> so, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, Jesse. So the, one, the one you missed that you should have been there was Four <laughs> Darkness on the Edge of Town yeah. all the way through. Yeah, that, you I mean, may never was... hear Candy's Room again. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, don't I, hey, I don't know why. I tell you what. We played it great that night. Let me tell you what. We had two or three. Barbie was there. Alan, who's a hardcore fan. I mean, he's seen him, you know, dozens and dozens of times was there. You'd think we just reinvented the wheel when we played that song. I thought they were going to go next. I'll have fun. I, mean, I thought but they were going to... what about the one time we played for Barbie, our big fan? One time we learned... We only did it one time. Candy boy, Candy's yeah. Boy. Yeah. 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 The Thrill Hell wow, version. Is. And it was f***ing great. I mean, I that was the... Oh, man, that was wonderful. What was that one that you played bass on? And I played Clavs. That was uh, One, one step, step Up yeah. and Two Steps Back. We yeah. did that like one time only. Oh, I like that That's song, though. Yeah, we, had a, we actually had a request for that, I guess. Like, yeah. He said him and his wife were having issues or something. So I'm sorry, your question was again... No, no, I guess it was just, you know, just your schedule. How do you guys... Okay, so that's a good question. That's a damn good question, guys. <laughs> well, part of it, part of it is just trying to get booked. Yeah. I mean, it's... Yeah. It's, it is a problem. I, we've actually been kicked out of a couple of city gigs because of politics. Uh, we were actually booked a Flower couple of years Mountain. ago to play Flower Mountain, Flower and when the city manager found out we were a Springsteen band, he said, no, I'm, I, I won't have those liberals there. Yeah. <laughs> How weird. Yeah. That's, that's terrible. It's a couple no, of times. Yeah. Wow. Ridiculous. For the people, speaking like that for the people of the city, I mean, that's like, what I'm sorry, I mean, don't. Yeah, that. well, and, and they got an Alice Cooper one instead. No. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 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 hey, we played a gig in Longview, and Ted Nugent got kicked out of it yeah, the next yeah, year. That's okay. That's funny. I think, by the same token, I think it's worthy of noting, Jesse, that we won't just play any gig. I and mean, there's yeah. probably, we could play a lot more if we wanted to, but we want to be paid, and we want to play in a room that is decent, and the sound system is okay because yeah. none of us are doing this as a living right now right. this is strictly for personal enjoyment if we make a few bucks on the side so be it but i know this is a strong word but we're not going to prostitute ourselves and the music to play some dive you know for 50 bucks and yeah. have it sound like ass so we just choose to if it's a good gig we'll take it if there's none offered we won't no, necessarily push it i still believe though all that being said that the kind of music this is, the fact that it's generally well known, that it's not offensive, it's not too loud, you can dance to it. I'm surprised 
we don't get more gigs, especially yeah. at city type events and festivals well, and all that. I think that, where you know? we're, we're located, though. Part of, that's part of the problem. Like I said, if we were up east, closer yeah. to the east coast, yeah. Jesus Christ, we'd be playing every weekend. Well, because you see, you know, they, you know, I'll see on Facebook. There's other Springsteen. There's you know, like the twenty Thunder Road, too, by the way. Yeah. You know, and they'll, you know, they'll talk about that. You know, they even have to do shit. We're like, okay, we're gonna do this show. You know, and they'll take one of Bruce's shows and do it in that, right. you know, order. And um, I like the guy. I like the fact that you guys, you embrace the music and you embrace the style. Um, you certainly sound a lot like Bruce, but you don't try to mimic him. You guys are each doing your own personalities and doing, you know, not a total different interpretation of the songs, but you guys do make it your own and enjoy it. And, and it's very clear... How much fun you guys are having? Yeah, we had a, we had a comment. I think I don't know if it was on our, our web page or Facebook that Rich sounds better than Bruce. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think, yeah. I mean, my wife would make that argument that too. She sings in key. I mean, yeah. he sings in key all the way through, and that's another story. Okay, so you've been very kind to us. So, what are your observations about things that you would improve, that you would change, that you would do, you would think about us considering if we wanted to improve the package? And let me say right away that, you know, I I've been speaking with a good friend of mine who's a very successful tribute artist who plays a lot of Beatles tribute bands, and he goes, Yeah, you guys have got it all wrong. You've got the music down. You guys sound great. You don't need to work one more iota on the actual musicality of what you're performing. You need to work on the show. You're not acting enough like those guys. I mean, you need to think about doing more. So, I mean, I w that was an interesting comment that he gave to me. I was wondering, how does that jive with a fan? Because he's not necessarily a Bruce Springsteen fan. You are. Yeah. How would you interpret that? Well, that's not really exactly what he said, Joe. Sacco? Yeah, I was here. He said he wanted more show. He said, you guys do. A good, you know, we're doing our own thing and our own little shtick. Yeah. Jumping around. But, I mean, you're, I know you're right. And then he, then he said, well, no one's 
he does all the Beatles tributes, and there's still no one's like the Beatles ever. You know, we're never yeah. going to be. No, but he, that's what he but told me is that our music is because we don't need to work down on the music. We can't say right. no. I'm just on the same token. We can't say well, let's not work on the music. Because no, of course, yeah. But the thing that that he told me that he goes, man, you guys, he goes. He plays in Beatle tribute bands, and he plays all over the place doing this shit. And he goes, nobody knows if I'm playing flat wounds or round yeah. wounds on yeah, the so bass I mean, and blah, blah, blah. As long as it's close, you know. Kind of but people are interested in that I'm wearing the wig, and that I'm wearing the suit, and I speak with an English accent, and I play left hand. casino, no one's playing attention. So we could work on a show, and no one would even care about it. I remember him saying that. Nobody paid attention. But they got paid really good. I would like the fact that you guys... Don't try to. I mean, you are mimicking the Street Band in your instruments, but I, I like the fact that you know you're not in a red bandana, mm -hmm. you know, in a blue jean shirt cut off, you know, blue jean jacket cut off, and trying to look. You guys look like yourselves. I mean, I, Joe's not in blackface. Except, and, we played, <laughs> <laughs> except for Longview, the girl came up and put the USA bandana. Yeah, that, well, that's funny, and I think it's nice you put a bandana on. You know, kind of as just. I've done yeah. that, but honestly, I feel kind of foolish doing that. <laughs> but, you know, but, I, uh, yeah. you know, I think, I, do I, you know, and I, and maybe I'm just too much of an, you know, a fanboy and optimist, but I think you guys sound good. You're, you're, you seem respectful of the music and, and, um, you know, I, I went and saw, um, Mike Reiner doing his mm. not petty theft but the oh, Dylan six. Yeah, six. Six. you know and I appreciate the fact he doesn't try to sound like Bob Dylan they just do the music you know and and I think that's I think that's the right thing I don't want you know I personally don't want to see the oldest show that's in Vegas where you've got an Elvis impersonator or Cher impersonator right. doing that yep. though I did when you guys were hearing fire I do go I would love to have an Elvis impersonator do fire yeah, since yeah. Bruce wanted him to yeah, record yeah, that. Yeah. I would, if, if you guys can find an Elvis guy to sit <laughs> on a wig or something, and we, know, we know just the guy. You know, <laughs> but, Craig, because, <laughs> yeah. 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 we gotta ask him sometimes. He's not doing anything. Come and, out and you do it. And the first yeah, time I saw you guys, you know, I was really impressed. Like, okay, they're doing a mix of, you know, what we would call deep cuts and other, you know, the hits. Because um, it would be really easy for you guys to do Born in the USA. Yeah. Throw in Hungry Heart, you know, yeah, throw, in, born yeah, run, you know throw in Born to Run, you know, and, and then you're know, like, okay, what you were calling a show. Do you think the mix is balanced or do we go too far either way, in your opinion? See, I think you guys do a fix. Now, I'm unusual. Um, I'm not a fun in jungle land. I know I should be excommunicated. And I do not like almost any night song of Springsteen. Really? Yeah, so when y'all do that three sets of nights, I'm like, I guess I can go take a beat. But I do know, and, and you know, when I'll talk to people, uh, you know, other fans, I'm like, oh, how can you not? And Niels is spinning, and I'm like, no, no, I, I get it. It's just not my cup of tea. Um, but no, I think you guys do a good mix of. Really? Um, I agree. I mean, you got to do Glory Days. You got to do Dancing in the Dark. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
out in the street, you know, you as a fan, you think, well, everyone knows out in the street, but they don't. No, like no. my wife, we, when you guys were at the Rockwood One, my wife and my brother-in-law and my wife's sister were all there, you know, and they didn't know easy half of the songs because none of them are Springsteen fans and they had a great time on the way home they were like they were really good that was that was just a fun night they the so I think you guys do put on entertainment well, that's, yeah, that's good that's yeah. the thing you want to have them because there's yeah. always somebody you know, I mean I'm I was never really a fan of his yeah when I got in the band uh, you know a lot of us because we're all friends from high school and jo you know Joe asked so I joined but you know yeah. the music is good to me it's accessible like Joe says, it's accessible. Yeah. You're not going to go there and get your head blown off, but we're still that's heavy the, enough. Exactly the right. You're not going to get your head blown off, but you can dance to it. And there's power still right. in the band. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. That's I mean, exactly very, very well stated. I mean, I did a lot of heavy metal back in the day, and to me, it's this is still as powerful as that without the distortion. Yeah, yeah, it just, does. Like yeah. when you do Atlantic City or uh, yeah, exactly. Or uh, I mean, there's further a up the road, it's yeah. kind of heavy metal, it's, it's, but not really. Yeah, but it's not really, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and the And things that she'll say from the lyrics that I never really right. <laughs> different I'm interpretation of music, but <laughs> that you know it has it has heart, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. and it, it has meaning. And I think that's something that's really well, that's important. Why I, I think so all, all, all of us. I mean, I came from Dylan to him, right? Yeah, and, uh, and I was like, you know, another very good writer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because Mark goes back. What was the first time you saw Strange Things Only? I saw him in 75. 
Yeah. Wow. And Mark said he came back. He was like, "You have to believe. You you can't believe what I just saw." Yeah, we went to me and a guitar buddy, Greg Lang. Who I'm going to take my guitar to. Yeah. And we went to Kirby's house after. I mean, this is like at midnight, and we're knocking on this friend. You have got. You won't believe what we just saw. You know, I'm next week. I'm talking to a guy. It's funny. I got an email. From a guy named Mike Scully, and he says, "Hey, are you, you know?" In the email, he says, "I, I want to see if you're still looking for guests." He says, "The first time I saw Bruce, it was in '75. He was opening for Chicago. I've been a fan ever since. I moved to Los Angeles, became a writer. I've worked on a couple of shows, um, The Simpsons and Parks and Rec." Um, would you? I like him already. Would you want to be? Would you want me to be on the show? Yes. So I'm like, yes. And so I go to IMDb. He was showrunner of The Simpsons for like four seasons. Wow. Oh, um, you know, uh, he helped write the Simpson movie. Uh, now my friend who's a Simpsons fan, well, those were shitty seasons. I'm like, oh, it doesn't matter. It was The Simpsons. Yeah. So he's gonna be on there. Um, is that one of the ones that had in the God of Davida on it? I don't know. Oh, that God. I'm, that's, I'm going to ask him that question so if he cool. does. <laughs> but, you know. In the Garden of Eden. In the Garden of Eden. You know, and I, I, I think you've got a big <laughs> The old lady now. passes out in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like rock and or roll. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. You And you were talking earlier, if you get the crowd up early enough, you know, they they keep dancing. But there is that. You know, the Bruce's music, you can also, for the people that want to hear the lyrics and care, there's a good message there. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, my personal would be, you know, I would just have the, can you do the wish for Christmas? Can you do mm-hmm. Land of Hope and Dreams ever mm-hmm. for me? I mean, it's just personal songs I'd like you guys want to hear. But now, Interesting you should mention Land of Hope and Dreams, because I, I just recently song. went to Setlist FM, yeah. where they rank all the songs that have been played by Bruce, you know, yeah. all the tours combined. One of the ones that's closest to the top of the list, one of the few that we don't do, is Land of Hope and Dreams. And that's, yeah. a, that's one of my favorites. I'd love to do I'd love to do I, I just like can't it. believe that it's been played that many times, but it's mm-hmm. way, way up. Yeah. It's like in the top 30 of the songs he's ever played is Land of Hope and Dreams, and, and we've never even talked about doing that. I'm going to try it if, uh, if I fall behind. Oh, that oh my gosh. Be, boy, that would be take great. a lot of work. Holy it would crap, take that would be awesome. Especially, loose ends. Loose ends. Especially loose if you guys yeah, did, like, when they did the live that's, version yeah, where they each of you sang. Yeah, the 99 New York when they all did. Oh, my God, that's awesome. That was really good. That would be a nice way to end the set, you know. Um, That's a good idea. Mark and I joke like about that, that stuff. Yeah. Is that you know that would be really powerful. Is that how, um, do, how do you how do you write a song like Loose Ends and not put it on a and record? Not put it on album. Yeah, yeah like, I'm sorry, this was not good enough. No. Well, you know, Little Steven supposedly said That's that. That's his favorite yeah, song. Things where he said, "No, not this one." You know, they don't take this one. Why are you giving this one away? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Candy's Boy. I mean, that's mm-hmm. to me. It's like, oh, what's funny? What we can't Candy's room, but it. It's not the same song. Series, the last song <laughs> yeah. they played was Loose Ends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember hearing that song when I first started listening to the Tracks album, and I'm like, how does this not make an album? How yeah. is this song, this is this an amazing Well, ain't good enough for you. Yeah, see, that's one of my favorites. And The Promise. I mean, yeah, if you think about it. Yeah, enough is just, in fact, when um, the, the guys that do the suburb rock, the used to be a USA Today podcast, and now they went on their own, and they do a series of perfect pop, you know, where their guests give them what is a perfect pop song, you know, like um, Michael Jackson's Billie Jean, or just, you know, different people pick pop songs, and I said, you know, ain't good enough, 
is I think a, mm-hmm. a perfect pop. Mm-hmm. I said mm-hmm. obviously it you is. could say Dancing yeah. in the Dark, or Glory Days, but if you wanted to pick something that wasn't a hit, that's yeah. people you know, would move to. Right I mean, I, yeah. I watched the uh, the thing where they did it at the Atlantic City Live yeah. at the thing, and it was like. Everybody just came cra- went crazy when they did that song, and I can see why it's accessible to everybody. There's yeah. nobody who won't like that song. If you play yeah. it, so. And I I had no idea who Jimmy Iovine was till I watched. Jimmy Iovine. <laughs> 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 wow, this guy's. Oh, oh that's good. who that is. He's, <laughs> he's worked with everyone. Yes, he has. God Almighty, uh, the stories I'd love to. Uh, yeah. Give me, give me a couple hours talking to that guy. But boy, yeah. I saw when they did the promise on that thing. It was mm-hmm. like. Oh my God! We have to do that song. So I got to, I got to do the promise, and we, ah, we played it a couple of times, and it's one of our favorites. Mm-hmm. It's just not very accessible to people. No, so I mean we leave it out. But you know, yeah, like we do yeah, racing in the streets. We love that, yeah, but yeah, nobody yeah, cares. It, it's racing in the streets. We save that for when these shows where we know it's just fans. Where because it's yeah. literally as we joke, it's that everyone's heading for the bar during mm-hmm. this tune. Yeah, you know? right. Sit down, kind of audience, yeah. you know, kind of. Yeah, and I do think you have to remember that you know. Yes, you're playing for you, but you are playing for the audience. Yeah, I mean, yeah. something we, yeah. we want the audience. We're yeah. trying to find that happy, happy medium. medium. Yeah. 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 Every time, Jesse, we're trying yeah. to look at the, the last Tolbert show. Everybody was on. No, we, we had him on the floor by like the second song, know, and they, they stayed, stayed there. there. And we were like, yeah. you know, that we're like, cool. do we really want to take a break? You know. Yeah, yeah. that was cool. Now, that's and we have it, so you'll know. When we first started doing Tolberts, we used to do the three hours solid with no breaks. Wow. Well, we actually got the other bands in trouble yeah. because the other bands used to play and take a break and then play some more. And we said, no, we're not going to do that. So we did the show there. And then Paul, the owner, sends out an email of Black. All bands, yep. there will no longer be a break. You are expected. Yeah. We're like, yeah, oh, thanks. Well, we didn't mean I thanks, Thunder Road. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> we're the kid that goes, oh, excuse me, teacher, you forgot to give us homework. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And we, exactly. we, when we first started doing that, it was funny because when we first started getting this project together, we would play 40 minutes. Oh, my God, it's so long. We have to take a break and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I said, just keep practicing. Keep yeah. practicing. Yeah. Before you know, we were up to three hours. It's like, goes, like, it's like hour training for anything that. else. I mean, and, yeah. and then we got up to the point where we go an hour and a half yeah. and didn't take a break. Oh, okay. And especially if the audience is, is digging in yes. and you, you feed off the energy. Exactly. And you're like, I'll yeah. sit up here and play the rest of the night if you want me to. I mean, we can yeah. audible and stuff, but yeah, I tend to fade. At two, if we have no break at two and a half hours, right. I actually start getting hand cramps. Yeah, we are. You know, that's a different problem. That's, yeah, that's a physical problem. Yeah. Not a, um, it's probably mental. They well, just someone was interviewing Jake, and they asked about that, and he said, um, "Batter." bladder control using yeah. the bathroom and he said I do not know why he says it's got to be the energy because I'm drinking constantly on stage I'm drinking water all the time I'm just sweating hard up yeah. there I, mean, I noticed you know. that too I could keep playing we play I could I could play I don't know how long I could go I probably go five six hours I love what I, I we stop as long as long as, the as, long as we haven't stopped playing yeah. now the minute we stop and we go off stage Good. after three hours I'm done yeah, but if I we bet. don't stop I can keep going and go for as long as it takes, man. Yeah. I love it. So you mentioned Land of Hope and Dreams. What what other song do you, regardless of just, you could flip a switch and you guys knew it, what would you like to join in the set? Loose ends. Well, yeah, but I've got a, I've got a whole list. Yeah, I've got a whole hit list. Girls in their summer clothes. Oh, oh yeah, see, cool. I would love that one. That's, that's better good. days for me. Yeah, better day, well, better days, land of hope and dreams, and no retreat, no surrender are my top three. 
It got me through my cancer. Better days. You got the right story. I'll listen to Better Days. Cause that, yeah. So are you, you going to go with the whole Lucky Town album then? I mean, you got yeah. Lucky Town. You got uh, I like the song Lucky Town. Yeah, the song Lucky Town. Lucky Town's Town great, great too. I mean, Well, I liked it that we did Lonesome Day, but we yeah, never did that, that, that one time. Yeah. It's all right. Yeah. yeah, see, I've, I've been, you guys would do that. Yeah. We don't even do, well, Tunnel of Love, we need to do. You know, yeah. yeah. There's really not a bad song on Tunnel of Love. You know, I think that's, <laughs> well, that's human touch there. <laughs> you know, I think you could, I mean, you guys have a little bit of, you know, can you, you imagine the, you know, Bruce trying to come up with a set list and, you know, it's like there's so many, well, I got to keep this one, I got to keep this one, because it is a diverse group. And especially if you think about songs that, um, like maybe people don't know "Ain't Good Enough" or "Better Days," mm -hmm. but it's such an accessible song, I think people would like it. You no, know, because I mean, if you start getting to me, we're getting into things like uh, "Incident on 57th Street." Yeah. I mean, you know, you have to think about that. Right like, away and it's a good live song. You just know, like "Ain't Good yeah. Enough" for you when you heard that. It's like, yeah, why don't we? Yeah, that, that playing that. It is a good song. Yeah, like this whole land is a perfect example of a song that. Most people probably haven't heard of, but it's accessible. It's got it harmonica, and I got sing, yeah. it's a band plays together, and it's a nice beat, and it follows through well. It's It's a constant struggle. Usually, you know, we, we kind of pass off putting together the set lists. Yeah, that's But it's a constant saying. struggle between, you know, accessible versus what we want to play oh, yeah, versus agree. what the club yeah. wants yeah, to hear versus what people, people want to hear. Us, we, you know, and then there's constraints like as far as, okay, how long are we going to play instruments that we try to group together because, you know, we want to minimize changes. Because one of the things that I think we're pretty successful at is because we've worked at it so hard is minimizing downtime between songs. Right. We don't take a whole lot of time between songs to keep the show going, not to lose the crowd, but it's, I think it's just another hallmark of professionalism that we really strive yeah. to. We have, we'll go four and five songs sometimes 
but I've taken a break between segueing all the songs. You know, he's he's like playing other bands, yeah. and then I'm, I'm used to this band, and I'll be in the other band. I'm like, come on, guy. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Why are we um, waiting on you? Like, yeah, the pretenders want to say that. I change them before I start the next song. If I when, can, so yeah, sometimes, yeah. When Chris went with me, my, Chris is my son, and he's um, 27. And so he went to the Oklahoma City show, and that was his first brew show. And he said, um, you know, we're driving home, and uh, we're talking about the show, and he said, um, you know, Bruce doesn't play. <laughs> he said, you know, the song finishes... And almost immediately, he's one, two, three, yeah, and it's one. into the next song. He says, there's no banter, there's no tuning guitars, and he made the joke, and I wish, he said, I wish the guy who is Bruce's guitar tech needs to be on the Cowboys, because he has great hands. Yeah. <laughs> he said, you know, yeah, he, Kevin, he, yeah, yeah. Kevin, he says, I, I don't know who his name, but... Romo needs to be throwing to him because this guy doesn't miss. I said they, they make a joke, him and him and the guy, because he says, I, I actually try and throw it and make a miss, and he's like, oh, no, yeah. I'm over here. Yeah. <laughs> but for the non-musician, a lot of these little things we try attempt to do in this band, I don't know if you notice that when we play, we try to use really use dynamics yes. in terms of the mm -hmm. volume levels, that we get quiet during quiet parts of the song. Yeah. These are things that most people who are musicians they can't put their finger on it. Yep. What makes it a good band? They don't understand the whole concept of segueing and minimizing the time between songs. They just know that it sounds like, hey, these guys are professional. They they know what they're doing. I told Mark, I said, you know, it was my first show. It's my only show so far. When when we saw them in Dallas, when I met you guys at the Hard Rock, and I was fortunate enough to get really close as I was down in the pit. Yeah. And I remember when they were playing Point Blank, and I'm like, I could sit here all day and watch Stevie play that Gretsch, you know, with the mm -hmm. with the <laughs> with the tremolo bar. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's literally that is some amazing musicianship, right? There. Mm -hmm. I mean, that that is just the whole band. I mean, I've seen videos of them with the past few tours, and I, I I didn't get to go to the Dallas show because of the weather when they they played for the the NCAA's. But this last tour, I can honestly say, they were really on. Yeah, they the were. The band they, was on. They were yeah. better than the last two or three times I've yes. seen them. I've seen them magic tour. I, I, you, you'd swear, was it the rehearsal? I don't know if it's the rehearsal. I don't know. But the bottom line is the band was on. Yeah, and I, I think part of it is that they, since this, you know, they the the magic and work on a dream, they toured a lot. Wrecking Ball lasted forever. They were off a little bit. Now they're going. I also. Um, I asked this a lot of my uh, guests. You know, Wrecking Ball had the E Street Orchestra. You know, they had right. all the horns yeah. and the backup singers. And I really liked that group. And I said, so do you prefer the core E Street band with Susie now? Mm -hmm. And But when you think about it, even that core group is a big group. It's still a big group. I mean, that, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and and, and um, I do love how all the pieces work together. And you guys do a good job of that, too, mm -hmm. where, you know, the some is greater than the individual parts. Well, your point about the dynamics, one of the things that um, is, is true, and, and when you get a lot of adrenaline going, it's it's really easy to play loud. Wow. Yeah, it's easy and to start then, slamming you know, through you it. You start like, yeah, yeah, I'm really into this, and all of a sudden it's just like a wall of sound. And to, to Pete's credit, um, and I used to be a drummer for several <laughs> years before he took up keyboards, but knowing, the, you know, the 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 right rhythm and the right speed to play a song um, it's difficult 
to, to know, but Pete, you know, usually starts the songs you know, with the sticks, if not, yeah. if not rich. But he always seems to really nail the actual speed of the song that it should be because it's really it's really easy to speed up. And I've been in bands where you know you're going 90 miles an yeah. hour by the time you're done, and to slow down right. is so hard to do, but it sounds so good. And 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 that's you know to to Pete's up my mentioned to Pete yeah. before, but it's something that I really appreciate having been drummer. So Rich, you're you know front and center. You know, do you ever wish that someone else was singing lead so you could take a break? <laughs> you know, because Bruce does it. I mean, Bruce just sings. You know, and so you're kind of in that role. Do you do you relish it or do you? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of know what it what it means to, to do this so I have to but yeah there's times when yeah I'm I'm pushing you know I'm on the edge I'm right there yeah cracking but you know it seems to hold together yeah. so yeah but yeah that's why I, I don't mind taking breaks it does me good to take a little bit of break to get yeah. in there but because there's a there's a wall you hit at a certain time sometimes that yeah two and a half Two hours and forty-five minutes, whatever it is. Yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, we end with "Born the Run." So you know, there's there's about three or four songs that do tax my voice for whatever reason. The key, yeah, actually, it's weird. Like "Out in the Street" is one of them. Uh, is it? Yeah, for whatever reason, there's a couple of things in "Out in the Street." Bad, well, Badlands, I gotta go up there. Well, most yeah. of the stuff I gotta go yeah. up there. Yeah. but it's not. It's or put a lot of energy into it. So. What do you think is because? You know, Bruce changes his set list so often, and so you guys follow suit. What What do you like starting a show with? What song do you really like when you see that? Like, oh yeah, this this is a good way to start the set. Mm. I have two favorites, and it's ones actually that Bruce does a lot mm -hmm. first, and it's Badlands and Out in the Street. Yeah, and especially if we're playing outside, I think yeah. Out in the Street is just perfect. It's yeah, to start. I could see that. I agree. About yeah, Badlands. Ge generally, you'll find it's my experience is that an opening song, if it works well on the album, it's probably going to work well live. Right. And Badlands is an opening song. Mm -hmm. Out in the Street <laughs> you know, is is. It's close to it. Yeah. Um, about the only the only songs you can think of off the albums that doesn't work as an opening is I mean Thunder Road was an opening song, but yeah, so that doesn't really fit. But, but you know, yeah. um, I like Tenth. I think Tenth. You know, Tenth Tenth yeah. is a good that song. Tenth Avenue yeah. is a good. I've seen. I, I've seen them open. Yeah. I, or I've seen shows where they yeah. or, or videos of shows where they open with like Night. Um, I, I recently heard one on E Street Radio where he he actually opened the show with the Promise Land, which actually I was thinking that'll never work. It actually works really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I you know during that um, I really liked Meet Me in the City that he was opening that. Oh, right. Yeah. I thought that was a really good opening. I kind of wish song. we did that. From a technical perspective, would you want to have open, especially if you're not comfortable or familiar with the people running sound, is a song that gradually introduces all the instruments yeah so that way if the guy is actually working the board he can actually capture each instrument and put it in its proper place mm -hmm. the sonic spectrum so from my perspective because i look at oh i'm always looking at things like that how are we sounding out to the audience darlington county even though it's not necessarily a great opening song as far as tempo and all that yeah because all the instruments come everybody, in staggered everybody it allows every the sound guy to pay attention if he's paying attention at all to get a halfway decent mix you know yeah it is a good sound where like without the street not i mean i like the song but you could tell that they didn't have the mix right 
Yeah. You know, and you're hearing all kinds of weird shit right. that kind of settles in. As the and, and I know you guys do Born to Run. Normally you're closing. Um, I would always prefer, but I understand why you guys do it. I love the fact that, you know, Bruce has been closing a lot of shows with Thunder Road. Mm -hmm. You know, kind of just yeah. this very quiet way. Yeah. Um, but you guys are a show band, not necessarily a concert band. So you're there to give them an experience. And you are, in most places, playing in a club. You know, you're not at a concert venue. You're at... The only thing is sometimes, you know, we're playing to half the house, a third of the house by the time we hit. That's the only thing. Yeah. Is, yeah, I would like almost in the middle of the set. I'd almost like well, for a while we had yeah. Born yeah. Run at the end of the first set. Yeah. yeah. For a little while... Then we yeah. move it back to the end of the second side. We can move it back if you maybe guys want. The, I mean, no. someone, maybe the last third make that more yeah. deep cuts. And that's, yeah. Well, the thing I'm always worried about is that, um, you know, and I know the owners are, or venues, is, you know, is the crowd leaving? <laughs> when are they leaving? Yeah. Um, and it usually could be at the breaks when we need yeah. to Well, that's when you lose quite a bit of it. But we then sort of that sort of suggests that, you know, you do a lot of the popular stuff in the first set, and then you do some of the deeper cuts in the second set. But generally... What's always been a strength of this band, again, this is my opinion, Frank. that we lose people as they go through the night. We don't lose as much as most guys. I don't know if you guys have kind of caught we on to that. that anybody out. We don't no, lose no. as much we as most. So if we oh. can hang on to a couple of hits to the end, right. to give them what they want at the very end, you know, because, but I don't think we, that's one of the, I, I've always thought that's one of the strengths of our band because, again, well, it's heavy metal without being heavy, so you... You you keep people longer, so you want to save at least one popular song because Absolutely. You have we kept yeah. all four of those people the first time they came to Keys. We don't we we saw what four was there. But, but the last time at Tolbert's, we had they stayed longer than usual. Yeah, more, pe more people than usual had stayed. Well, and that that place sometimes gets some people coming like in late. late. Yeah, late. Yeah, they do. And Christmas Barley House. Especially, yeah, I'm sure. Barley House, the crowd is rolling. It's 11. This yeah. Friday, too. And Friday night seemed to be yeah. a little more crazy than Saturday. Even, so, yeah, we'll expect to be yeah, sure. yeah, I'm excited about seeing you guys Friday night. That'll be fun. My, uh, um, and, you know, it'll be a good show. I appreciate it. I have kept you guys way too late. I, I, oh, I guess. Nobody actually cares what we think. That's really good. That's, 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 not, that's not how it's to have you here. You've got to understand we're musicians. That's not how it works. We'll, we'll sit here and talk music all night if you want. <laughs> okay. You know, I did. But somebody's um, listening. That is, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, it's funny. Um, uh, I just uh, had. Um, oh, it's not the best. This past Saturday, um, the Saturday after Thanksgiving, um, I'm friends with Sarah Hickman. You oh, know, very singer, good. Songwriter. Yeah, sure. Of she's course. Cool. She's and, great. Yeah, and, and she's never wanted to be on the podcast to talk about her career. And after David Cassidy died, she IM'd me and said, um, okay, I want to be on your podcast. She goes, I want to talk about David Cassidy. She goes, David Cassidy, John Denver, and Hart were the three people that... Got, got me to be musicians. I never, Bob. Uh, <laughs> my personal we, we were lucky to meet John when we were working at RCA together. We were, yeah. Yeah. We were pretty nice guys. I got a bit, though. You know, he was the nicest guy. He, was. he came he in the really back. Was. He shook my hand. We talked for a few minutes. Yeah. He, he just, he wasn't, nice he wasn't snobby about it. He wasn't, you know. And she talked about the, um, like you guys were talking about on stage, you have all this energy. 
and then afterwards you're just it, there is you're just so exhausted and tired. But you're jacked up at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm always. I can't. I'm go to bed at five. Yeah, we stop playing. We stop playing at midnight, but I can't fall asleep before two or three. Yeah, because you're still spun up. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Eyes like wide open. Yeah, yeah. You still have that energy. You're like I said. I don't fall asleep until two or three. I'm still spun up from the show. All right, see what's on at three. I have to watch that. Yeah. So Thunder Road on Facebook. Yes. And on Twitter, it's ass at boss. Band one, I correct? Yeah, Boss Band One, which okay. I should probably do a better job of keeping updated. Um, yeah. Well, I tweeted you guys tonight. I tweeted okay. a picture. Oh, cool. and I said, um, so, yeah, so. Um, <laughs> well, we need to get a website. I appreciate it. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm going to yeah. edit this together, throw a few songs on there, and probably get this out um, next week one day. So, okay, great. that'll be yeah, awesome. So, yeah, so thanks. Awesome. I appreciate Thank it. I've you. been wanting to have you guys on there, and I appreciate it. And Pete invites me to the uh, rehearsals every time, and just I've always had something to do with and there we go. My interview with Thunder Road. Hope you guys enjoyed it. And uh, if you're in the Dallas area, make sure you check out a gig. So if you want to share your Springsteen story, I'm always looking for guests. You can reach out to me at Jesse Jackson DFW on Twitter. Our email address is setlistingbruce at gmail.com. And uh, the show is at SetLustingBruce on Twitter. Thank you. And now then, let's close with the guy's version of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I'll turn on the alarm. Oh, you're ready. Merry Christmas to Jesse. Coming up to see Thunder Road rehearsed. I've got a saxophone for you. If you want to take it home. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town.
sure he won't let me buy one. Peer pressure. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.